You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. To be able to like wake up every day and that this is my actual job. I mean, that is the luckiest thing. I, I feel like just grateful every day. That was Nicole Bernard Dawes. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello. Welcome, bienvenue, and welcome back. You're listening to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. All right, I snuck in a French word. Hint, hint. How's it going? Today, I sync up with Nicole Bernard Dawes, founder and CEO of Nixie Sparkling Water. Late July and, wait for it, her father built Cape Cod potato chips. Now that I have your attention, because I know these are your favorite potato chips, who is training for what? I just logged 56 miles this weekend, 11 running and 45-ish cycling, and I'll just like throw in a few dog walks, so add two more miles. Seriously though, Hit me up on DM, Facebook, or email. I want to hear what you're training for. In other news, if you're following me on Instagram, you know I just did my quarterly inside tracker blood draw, 43 biomarkers, and my inner age. Now, if you're wondering what this all means, I'm looking at my vitamin D, cortisol, cholesterol, iron, ferritin, glucose, magnesium, and more. As I ramp up my training and really start focusing on performance, in addition to just being healthy and staying ahead of any possible issues, over the past year, I've been on a mission to bring up my vitamin D levels and bring down my cortisol. If you're curious and want to get an inside look at your blood levels and biomarkers, use our code THANKYOUMOTM for 20% off at Inside Tracker. Now, on to our guest, Nicole Bernard Dawes. Nicole's inspiration for Nixie Sparkling Water was a lifetime in the making, literally. Nicole's passion for creating healthy solutions for snack time began when she was a child, growing up in her mom's health food store. But as Nicole got older, she realized there was a serious lack of healthy, satisfying, and delicious snacks in the nutrition sector. The solution? The launch of Nicole's very own healthy snacking company, Late July and Nixie Sparkling Water. On this episode, Nicole shares her journey as an entrepreneur in the nutrition space. She talks about growing up with both of her parents working in the food industry and how that experience instilled in her a lifelong love of quality snacks. We chat about the inspiration behind her first company, Late July, and her motivation to launch her newest endeavor, Nixie, a line of refreshing, flavorful, sparkling water. Nicole and I also think up about the challenges of promoting Nixie during the COVID-19 pandemic and her commitment to supporting retailers through avoiding a direct-to-consumer business model. And of course, I touch base with Nicole about how she balances entrepreneurship with family life and the wellness routines that keep her motivated and ready to invent the next big thing in nutritious snacking. I hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do, leave us a review. It's easy. Head over to your Apple app, click on the Marnie on the Move podcast, scroll through the many episodes, click on five stars and leave a review. Also, share what you're listening to on your social channels, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and don't forget, sign up for our newsletter, The Download. Now, on to our conversation. Anyone who's into wellness and health and doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter like what you create, what your brand is, I think it's like one of the uh, 
key benchmarks in having a successful life and brand. Talk to me a little bit about your brand. Speaking of like successful brands, I mean, you were born into the world of food and beverage, and obviously you're a very innovative founder and have a lot of expertise generating revenue and as a CEO. How did it all begin for you getting into the food and beverage industry and like your journey as an entrepreneur? I feel like I was such a lucky entrepreneur because, you know, my journey had really cool origin story. <laughs> you know, it's like my mom had a health food store in the 1970s. Yeah. And I was raised, um, she was macrobiotic and I was raised with this kind of very holistic view of food by my mother. And the, you know, one of the things that was really has shaped me so much is spending time in that like 1970s health food store. Right. You know, it was just a wholly disappointing place. Yes. I I have the visual. (laughs) I've also been there. (laughs) I mean, it was, everything was very uninspiring. All the packaging was very brown cardboard. You know, the biggest treat that my mom would allow me to have was like carob covered rice cakes, which I can assure you is like not a treat for me. It never was. (laughs) It will be. But I think I was really lucky to have my mom spend so much time on, you know, food and the origin of food and where it's coming from and, and you know, less chemicals in our food. And, um, but I think that I wouldn't be the entrepreneur I am today if she, if my father hadn't been an equal influence on my food outlook because he loved food. He actually put himself through college uh, working on a fishing boat, but he was the cook on the fishing boat and he loved to cook. He would go to six stores if that's what it took to make like a specific dinner. You know, so he viewed food very much, you know, as opposed to my mother's outlook. He was, you know, how do I make it taste the best it possibly can? And what ingredients should I use to really bring out the flavor of everything? Um, And when I was seven, he started a potato chip company. Right. Which are my favorite potato chips, by the way. Potato chips. And so, you know, I think that I'm like the natural product of like a health food store owning mom and a natural potato chip manufacturing dad. Um, you know, you get somebody who really loves delicious food, but really, really cares about where it's coming from and how it's made. Right. Um, and how was that and, growing up? Like your dad having the potato chips and your mom having like the natural food store? Well, actually, eventually my mom and like ended up working with my dad and yeah. my aunt who she started the store with took over the store and um, it's still now it's being run by my aunt's daughter. So and it's so it's continually operating and, you know, it's been. Um, it's evolved. Obviously, it's much different today than it was in the 70s. Yeah. Well, there's so many more products thanks to people like you. I mean, obviously, yeah. But, you know, I I think it's, you know, I love what my mom gave me, you know, I mean, at the time, maybe not so much, but, you know, I would go into the bank and like turn down the lollipops because they were made with white sugar and I'm not allowed to have that. And it like makes me cringe thinking about it now, but. So you don't do that to your kids. (laughs) Well, you know, I really am a big believer in moderation and healthy lifestyle and, you know, just, it's like, you know, listening to your body and, but I also think that it's, it's the, the responsibility is on the food and beverage manufacturers to create healthier products with less chemicals and, you know, organic options that taste as delicious as the conventional counterparts so that people don't have to make sacrifices. Right. So, and you grew up on the Cape which I'm a windsurfer. And I actually, in my 20s, spent a lot of time in West Dennis windsurfing over there. So I know Chatham. But what was it like growing up there? I mean, I love the ocean. Like I will, I mean, it's one of the reasons I called Nixie Nixie because Nixie's another name for a mermaid. It's also, my nickname is Nikki. So it kind of works with both. But I mean, I love the ocean. I mean, I think that, you know, when I actually started late July, I was living in New York City. And sometimes I would just walk over to like the West Side highway area and like yeah. just stare at the water you know, so I could like be near salt water yeah um I you know it was amazing like I I don't think I realized or appreciated it as much at the time but once I moved away you know went to, I went to boarding school actually and then I went to college in New Orleans and you know y- you don't realize how spoiled you are being surrounded by the ocean no it's really game-changing I mean I'm looking at the Hudson right now because we're in Battery Park so my view is looking at the water and I couldn't I don't think I could you know I've lived in New York City my whole life and 
I lived in Chelsea and I always used to go to the water. Like I would run over to the water and even like growing up here, you know, running, I'm a runner. I would run down on the West side highway along the water and it was great, but like I didn't live there. And now that I live here, I can't live anywhere else. It's like the perfect mix of both worlds, being able to be near the water and then being in a city. That was exactly how I felt when I was like, I would just sometimes go over there. And I used to actually, um, I was pregnant. I started late July and I was pregnant with my first son and living in New York City. And I used to do yoga at Integral Yoga, which is on 13th. Right. And sometimes afterwards, I would just keep walking over and just like sit over there. on that. that it was, there was like that little walkway over on the west side. I think you run on it. Yes. You're, so your first company you started, you were living in New York City. It's called Late July. So where did that idea for that company begin? And like, what is Late July? And yeah, so I, my father actually sold Cape Cod Chips and then he bought it back again. Okay. And when he, I had graduated from college and was actually working another job by the time he bought it back. So, you know, this was really my opportunity to get to go work with him again and to work with this brand that I loved. And one of the things that I was trying to do there was actually launch a line of organic potato chips. It turned out I was like a little bit too far ahead of my time on that, but, you know, it got me really researching, you know, just organic ingredients and what was available and what was not and kind of where was the industry in terms of that. And it also, you know, I, I also ended what I ended up launching was a reduced fat potato chip instead, which was also very, um, you know, it was a cool process because it, it, it allowed me to like dive into a little bit the world of healthier snacking and what's out there and what are people doing. Mm-hmm. And then when he sold it again um, for the second time, that's when I knew it was like my opportunity to find a kind of bring this whole idea that I had had around healthy snacking and organic and, you know, to life. I just didn't know exactly what it was going to be yet. So I was living, so after we sold Cape Cod Chips the second time, I actually had just gotten married and I was living in New York City and I was pregnant with my son, who's actually going to be returning to New York City next year to go to NYU Tisch for music, which is very full circle. Congratulations. (laughs) That's huge. That's amazing. Well, it just feels very, it, it feels very, like I said, it's very full circle since I was pregnant with him when I started, you know, my entrepreneurial journey and now here in New York and now he'll be returning next year there. So I was walking around, I lived in 13th street and I was kind of looking for, I was pregnant and feeling not great. And I was mm-hmm. looking for organic crackers, organic saltines. And I think I went to two or three natural food stores before I realized that they're just, you know, that whole section of the store was just completely lacking organic options and so this is probably like how many years ago like I know you just said your son's going to college so it was 2002 yeah okay and so I was walking around and I realized that that part of the store looked almost identical to my mom's 1970s natural food store (laughs) you know it was like very little had changed in the middle of the store right you know so much had changed in terms of produce and dairy and you know some of these other things but nobody was paying attention to the center of the store in terms of offering you know organic options and and snacks so you know i kind of stumbled on this opportunity it was something i wanted and something that didn't yet exist and so i launched late july while i was pregnant in New York, I ended up relocating Cape Cod to really start the company, which I mean, in hindsight, makes absolutely no sense. But we had like a small child and it, I don't know, I, I miss New York, but it definitely, you know, it allowed us to be closer to my family. And, and it was, you know, it turned out to be a really, um, you know, just a good idea for, for everyone for us yeah. to, to get back to it, but the ocean, of course. And so I launched late July and and then in we grew it, obviously, for for, kept it for a very long time. Yeah. And we eventually ended up going into tortilla chips and a bunch of other exciting kind of healthier organic options. And then we eventually became the number one organic tortilla chip in the country, which was very exciting. So how did you do that? That's like amazing <laughs> and incredible, especially in that time frame. What were your marketing strategies? You know, it's, it's so interesting when it comes to building a a, a challenger company and particularly when you're in something like organic where you know you're not going to have as much money potentially as your other competitors uh, you know because your ingredient costs are more i've always felt that your retail partnerships and because you're never going to have a, a you know the flashier marketing campaign it's just it's very difficult to do that with that with our, my type of company right so ultimately you know it's just about building an authentic brand that delivers 
something very, very delicious. It also stands for something. Like I really feel like it's important for a brand to like mean something and to mean something to the people who buy it and the people who work there. It kind of speaks to the values of both your team and your customers, has a delicious tasting product. And the ingredients are something that you know you've, you know that you've chosen the absolute best that's out there that's available. And so was that a really big challenge for you? Were there a lot of naysayers and people like, you're crazy, you're going to start this healthy snack line and like nobody's going to buy it? I mean, did you experience a lot of that or did you have more on the believer side? It was really interesting. When we first started, we did, of course, have a lot of supporters, which was wonderful. But one of the very first things that was ever written about us in the press was somebody wrote, what was Nicole Bernara Dawes thinking? Like literally like called me up by name to create an organic product that tries, you know, that tastes like a conventional, like, shouldn't these be like ginseng flavored? It was sort of, I mean, I think in some ways, I mean, I was mad at the time because I was thinking like, first of all, like, why put that negative? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like why be negative like that? Like we're a small company. We're just trying to do the right thing. Like why be like that? But then I realized in a way it was like a little bit threatening because we were creating these delicious products that, you know, were kind of targeting junk food, I guess. And And that's um, a big industry. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so it was like, it wasn't, we definitely did not have, you know, everyone thought, oh, this is a fabulous thing and we should support her completely. No, there was definitely people who were like, what is she doing? Why is this a, why do we, you know, like, where is she going with this? But, and also organic was still pretty fledgling at the time in terms of the USDA organic seal. We were the first national brand to come out and only ever carry products with the USDA organic seal. So that was also very exciting. Still, are you still part of Late July or did you sell it? So in 2018, we actually sold Late July to um, Campbell Snacks, which owns Goldfish, of course. So we're part of the Goldfish Pepperidge Farm. And um, they merged with Snyder's Pretzels. And they also, which I think is kind of makes, you know, kind of a nice thing for me is they also own Cape Cod Potato Chips. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it is kind of nice because the two brands are together and it's doing really well. Um, I'm really proud of what we accomplished. And, you know, it's 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 very exciting for me to see it continue to thrive and grow. And, you know, the selling of, of Late July was it was a very emotional, bittersweet. You know, I don't I never started the company thinking I would sell it. Right. It wasn't it wasn't, you know, why I did it. I thought I would keep it forever. I mean, I loved and I feel this way today, but to be able to like wake up every day and that this is my actual job, I mean, that is the luckiest thing. I, I feel like just grateful every day. And I felt that way running late July. So moving on from that was it was it was a big emotional moment for me. But I think it's also why, you know, I dove head first into starting Nixie too. Tell me about Nixie and your new company. You know, in so many ways, I, you know, I just I like I love sustainable food. You know, it's like, I I really feel like it is the future. I feel like getting um, cleaner, safer food supply is a really big priority for me. It's something that I want to see and I want to help be a part of over the coming decades. At late July, it was incredibly gratifying to see that whole types of of ingredients didn't exist when we started organic options, but through what we were doing, you know, eventually at one point we were the largest purchaser of organic sunflower oil in the world. So, I mean, you know, you can have a real impact. You know, all of my listeners and anyone that is remotely interested in wellness can be thankful for the pioneers that paved the way for all of their favorite snacks. And it's it, it can be really tricky because, you know, when you're trying to create something that doesn't exist and other yeah. people haven't done it before you, the innovation seems very subtle to the outside person, but it's actually huge. Like learning how to make things without the processing aids that conventional products use you know, it's not something that like a, a regular customer would even know that that happened. But I can tell you, there's a huge amount of innovation that goes on behind the scenes to make these products come to life without some of the things that conventional companies use. Right. But so starting Nixie, you know, my family, I have two boys, you know, my husband and I, and we consume an enormous amount of sparkling water. <laughs> and, you know, it was a category that I've been watching for a really long time because late July partnered with sparkling waters quite a bit at, at grocery stores. You know, and it, it was something that I really felt, you know, similarly to how I did for snacks when we were getting into that category, 
that it really needed somebody to care about, you know, the sustainable side of the business. And um, the organic flavors that go into our sparkling water, you know, everything from that to how your water is purified, you know, are you using reverse osmosis to what types of cans are you using? Um, You know, there's, there's a lot of elements to making sure that you're making all the best possible choices in the sparkling water that you buy. And that was something I was very, very excited to be able to do and to, um, you know, really put a focus on. So we launched Nixie almost immediately after selling late July. And, um, but we didn't, by the time we got through with all of our R and D, um, and had all of our packaging done, we basically launched just in time for the pandemic. Right. (laughs) Very hard to be a new brand during a pandemic, but, you know, I love my team and, you know, we really, focused as much as we could last year on just getting the word out there, partnering with our retailers. And we actually ended up the year in, you know, 5,000 accounts across the country. So it was a pretty incredible year that's, for us as a brand. I mean, that's really amazing. And did you also, is, it, is there a lot of it digital as well? I mean, yes and no, because, you know, we, I, as much as I, I, I want people to, be able to buy our products online, you know, right. we are available on Amazon. Um, and you know, you can shop us an Instacart if your store carries it. And we do have partnerships with other online um, delivery services like Good Eggs in the Bay Area. But you know, the, the retail relationships are really what like build brands. You know, at the end of the day, with groceries, a lot of people want to shop at their local grocery store. Right. Um, and so we made the conscious choice last year to not like pivot to direct to consumer okay, um, and to focus on supporting our retailers who, you know, were themselves in this completely, you know, uncharted, unprecedented, you know, um, really um, difficult time. And, you know, I, I, I think I, I, I like, I feel proud of that choice because, mm-hmm. you know, we're all going to come out of this and, you know, I, I want to make sure that our retailers know that like, you know, they're very important to us, you know, now and forever. And not that, you know, direct to consumer is also a huge opportunity for brands. Um, it's a little more complicated for beverage because it's so heavy. Right. Like the shipping but, costs outweigh the product yeah. costs. So you can't, yeah. Exactly. So that was, you know, so it, but it's been, you know, and of course I've been, you know, um, dealing with production and new company and two kids doing school from home and, you know, my husband and I work together. So it's been like, and now you're in the you same, know, in the same general you know, space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely been, um, you know, in some ways I feel like, I mean, it could not have made things more complicated, certainly, but I right. do considering I have a son that's about to go off to college and, you know, started a different chapter of his life. I do feel like this extra time as a family has been a little bit of a gift. Yes. Yes. And I mean, it is a gift in this time of like being home with your family and sort of navigating COVID and all of the things. Have your kids been like, they've been doing all their classes online, right? My older son, unfortunately, has been doing everything online. Um, He's a senior and he has not had any in-person. But I I have to say, I'm really grateful for his school. They've done an incredible job. Um, His teachers have been outstanding in what they've been able to provide. You know, is it the same as in-person? Of course not. Are you in San Francisco or are you in... Yes, right Chatham. now we are. We were actually in Chatham until pr- fairly recently, but now we're we're in the Bay Area. You're in the Bay Area, um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, not that it necessarily matters these days where you are, but... Well, no, <laughs> but, I mean, because, like, so many places are have, like, different lockdowns, right? So it's like, I know California is, like, really, really locked down. Like, I was talking to someone in San Diego the other day, and an athlete, and the pools are closed, and, I mean, it's not a big problem. Like, those are... You know, silly problems, but but at the same time, yeah, it's like I've been, you know, I think I both of my kids have had incredible attitudes about this. I, yeah. I feel like I know if as an as an eighteen year old senior in high school, I would have had a much much worse attitude yes. than than I think I probably would have been, you know, intolerable to my parents. But I'm trying to let them like guide me a little bit because you know it's like I could be upset about you know, miss things or, you know, how much harder this is making or, right. you know, the challenges, but I'm really choosing to focus on the, like, 
you know, the, the positive side of what's yes. happening. And, and also remembering that like so much of, of kind of how I perceive things is, is, you know, my outlets driven by how I want to perceive them, you know? And yeah. so I've been really trying to keep a positive attitude through this and, you know, that, you know, every time our tier changes or this happens or this restriction occurs, you know, just remember there are a lot of people out there that, you know, have lost loved ones this year or right. have had, you know, you know, lost their jobs or, you know, and the fact that I am here doing a job that is, you know, something that I love, you know, more than anything. And I get to spend, you know, a little bit of extra time with my family and my dog has never been happier. I know. So, you know, I it's mean, like, I just like, try to remember those things all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Those are really good things to kind of highlight and talk about because I think everybody needs a little bit of a reminder. I'm a little, I'm a lot like you. Like I just try to find the positive in all situations and the silver linings and like the pivot. I mean, I think I sound, I feel like, you know, from all the entrepreneurs that I speak to, it just, it's just, it's in our DNA. You know, I think you, I, I mean, but maybe, you know, maybe you can share for me how like, finding the silver linings, finding the positive, like pivoting, taking risks, like how is that in your DNA? Well, I I mean, I am an incredibly positive person. I mean, it, you know, I try not to make it annoying. Yeah. Because yeah. I know it can be sometimes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, but I just, I, I don't love to take time for the negative. Right. I mean, life is too short and, you know, it's just, I feel like you can really let yourself go down that rabbit hole very easily. And, you know, of course there have been times in my life when truly, truly awful things have happened. And then you have to acknowledge that and you have to like sit in it and, you know, but I, I think that on a daily basis, a lot of times we give a lot of negative energy to things that really aren't as awful as, you know, we would originally like initially ha have ourselves believe. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, I mean, the reality is every single day, something's going to go wrong. Right. You know, and sometimes it's going to be terrible and sometimes it's just going to be mildly inconvenient. <laughs> but the one thing I can guarantee is that something is going to go wrong most days. Yeah. And if you're going to let that get you down and you're not going to be motivated by those challenges, then you probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur because it's, that is the only thing I can guarantee. I actually just had a conversation with a very famous running and triathlon author and coach, and he said the same thing. It sounds like you're a yogi, though. Are you still practicing yoga? Like, what's your yeah. sort of wellness? You have a very yoga-like attitude, it seems. I'm feeling like the yoga vibe. You know, I have to say that my mom started me with yoga when I was like three. Yeah. So I grew up with it, with yoga and meditation, and I did it all through my first Pregnancy. Okay. And this is actually, I think, a really interesting topic because I was in amazing shape, like through up until that moment. Okay. Basically, throughout my whole pregnancy, I, you know, I just, I did yoga all the time. I was walking all the time. I was just, I was like healthy. I had, um, and then when I actually started my first company, that was one of the first things I let slip because I just didn't make time for my own. Like it was like everything else took priority, you know, right. my company, my kids, my, you know, just kind of everything took priority to my own wellness. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it just, because I, I wasn't prioritizing it, you know, it, it, there's only so many hours in the day and I just, it wasn't, I wasn't making it a priority. And there was a certain point in my like journey that I realized that I was doing that, you know, it was like, I, and also moving back to the Cape actually made it weirdly harder because yeah. in New York City, you know, you could like bump into a yoga studio or a gym yeah. or a, it's like Starbucks. Like yeah. yeah. And on the Cape, it was much more difficult, you know, instead of walking everywhere, like I did in New York, now I was driving everywhere right. and you know, just these lifestyle changes. And I was commuting um, much longer, just, you know, all of this kind of had this effect on my life that was not healthy. And you know, I made a conscious effort at some point along the way that I realized this is what was happening to me. You know, I wasn't making time for my own health. And so I started reprioritizing it again. 
and you know, it's been like, first I started making sure that I was getting outdoors every day. Right. And, you know, my husband was actually a really big part of this for me too, is, um, you know, we, since we worked together, right. You know, we would start doing like at least one of our meetings where it was just the two of us outside moving in some way, like walking. And this is after hiking. you had your first child. This was like, this was actually ago. after I had my second child. Okay. <laughs> it took me a while to like, well, it's just, you know, we were growing so fast and every, you know, all of those problems. I get it. Just, yeah. Like, I have a, um, a friend who has a running, who had a running company. She started one of the most famous running studios, indoor studios, and she did not run anymore after while well, she was starting it. So yeah, it's, it's, it the struggle really, is real. It was. And, you know, I, I guess I'm really you know, obviously I wish that I'd come to this realization much, much sooner. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, I dole out this advice as though, you know, <laughs> but I, I think that entrepreneurs need to really, you know, or really anybody, but, you know, you, you, you tend to fill every minute of your day with the extra work, you know, cause it never ends. Like you right. never, you can work 24 hours a day. And so if you don't force yourself to take time for your own health and wellness, you know, it's the thing you'll skip over because it only affects you. Right. It doesn't affect your business. It doesn't affect your kids. It doesn't affect your spouse or your family. Or And once I started like reprioritizing it in my life, you know, I was feeling better. I was sleeping better. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, and I, and then I realized, okay, well, this is, you know, it was just depressing, I think, because I, you know, I kind of realized how long I had let it slip. And it's a little bit hard to get back into that groove once you've kind of let it go for so long. Right. And then you have that like um, negative self-talk that you're like mad at yourself that you let it slip. And so then you're like doing that. Yes. And so I, um, and then I don't even know how long ago it was at this point, but I got a Peloton too. Right. And the we were like pr pretty early adopters on it. Like it, because we were going to get a treadmill, actually, but the space that we had to put it in was pretty tight. Okay. And my husband had, like, read something about this new company called Peloton, and, and we, like, looked at the footprint, and we're like, well, that will fit much better. Yeah. But I'd never been to a spin class before in my life Ooh. at this moment, like, not once. And I thought, well, you know, I don't love treadmills anyway, because I prefer to, if I'm running, I like to be outside. Right. I don't know. And I thought this might be more interesting because there's an instructor and whatever. And I, I loved it. So on the days when I couldn't get outside, there was no excuses anymore. Right. <laughs> I love, I love Peloton. I love, we have the treadmill. I like it. It was game changing, especially during the pandemic. So oh. I run outside too, but I definitely, I love the treadmill because I'm just, I like doing my speed work on the treadmill, but I, but well, yeah. It your house like that yeah. you, you can't you can't say I mean no, they have there's no excuse 20 yeah. minutes long yeah like you exactly. don't have 20 minutes for your own health so do you put it on your schedule like how do you I mean obviously you're so busy you've got two kids you've got your company like how do you maintain your fitness and training and how do you stick to it I don't put it on my schedule but I do put it on like me you know okay. it's like I make sure that it's something that I do every single day or not every day, but I try to do it five days a week Yeah, because every day is a little hard. Yeah. Um, but you know, and at a minimum four and you know, like during the pandemic, I mean, you know, there was um, at one point they started doing like the from home rides. Yeah. You know, I hate to sound like all sappy and emotional about it, but I had to be honest, it was really like when they first did like the first like at home ride I did, I think it was with Robin and, you know, it just, it like, it kind of, it was this great reminder, you know what, we are all in this together. And even right. though, you know, we're all in our own journey on this year, you know, just having that ability to still do this exercise and take a break every day that was like, you know, just to kind of recenter yourself. And, and I've since done some of the, the yoga, yoga classes yes. and, you know, it's gotten me back into that. I mean, so I, you know, I really, really, I love, love it. My I love, I love it too. Honestly, like I just started doing the strength because with everything I know and all my experience, I still do not have the mental uh, capacity for whatever reason. I can't go do strength by myself. I just, I have a lot of discipline. I do a lot of things, but when it comes to strength training, I'm just like sitting on the floor, looking at my weights, like what, 
I don't, I don't want to do it. So I put but the, it's so yeah, I know. So I started taking the Peloton classes and it's like painless because you're watching the instructor and then the next thing you know, it's over and you did it. Like it's, you did the workout. I, that's my, uh, for me, I always put, I put my workouts on my schedule. That's how I do it because otherwise I might not work out. So I was just wondering how other people do it. I mean, I guess I kind of do that. I just don't put it on my schedule. Like it's but not like, literally it's, on your like Google calendar. Literally on, but I know like, you know, Mondays, for example, like I know I usually do it at five o'clock. Yeah. Because, you know, Mondays are like full meetings all day. And, and then, you know, and I actually, one of the things that's also really important to me is I believe like the like family dinner is like a critical totally. element to our family. Uh, you know, growing up, it was really important to me and my parents, you know, just being like a unit and hearing about each other's day and plus, you know, learning about the cooking of the food and the whole thing. So, you know, family dinner is something that like, I mean, it's obviously been a lot easier in the pandemic. Right. Because you can't That's a great there. ritual though, to have as a, as a family. I mean, even if you're, yeah. So, you know, I make dinner like, I mean, not every night, you know, sometimes we order out, but you know, just having the act of like, and like my younger son actually really likes to cook. So a lot of times he'll help me make the dinner, you know, and we just hang out together and, or, you know, even my older son sometimes will come just sit up in the kitchen and do his homework while I'm cooking dinner. Um, and it's just a nice time where we all sit down and connect and, you know, also make sure that, you know, that, you know, you're choosing healthier foods and, um, you know, so I, but I know that, on certain days, like if I am going to work out at the end of the day, you know, I'll make sure that's a day where maybe I started something earlier in the day and it's yeah. been cooking all day or, you know, so I, I work like in my head, I'm working this all out. Like, okay, well, I'll make dinner here and I'll have this meeting then so I can, you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it sounds like you are really like your whole life you've been, has been around like health and wellness. So it's very natural for you and organic for you to be in the space, even though you had a hiatus temporarily. And, you know, the hiatus was actually, I think, you know, I think it was actually, you know, it was bad, obviously it would have been better not to have it, but in so many ways it made me appreciate how important it is to, to my life and to like reprioritize making sure that I'm making time for it. I think like the absence of it, I mean, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right. but it really did. It made me realize that this was not something that I can afford to not prioritize. And then during, you know, the past year, I mean, launching your business and working from home, I mean, like we were saying earlier, you could work 24 seven if you let yourself. So how do you find that? How do you like bring it back? Like, how do you like set the, the parameters for balance for like, because there's no, it's like all the lines are blurred now. Yeah. Well, and I think they've always been a little bit blurred anyway, just because yeah. when you have your own business, it never, re- there is no real, there's no dividing line. Yeah. There's no like people. nine to five, like you go home. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that for me, I've just discovered that, you know, you don't, like I've tried to like remove the expectation of compartmentalizing a little bit because you know, my kids have always been part of the business. Like, you know, my husband and I, obviously we work together. So there is no, like we, we all have the same experience. And I think I've just become better at remembering to make time, you know, to, to put the same like kind of focus on personal things when I'm in that moment. Yeah. Just like being present versus like, okay, from five to seven is family time. You know, I, like, I don't, I just find that like putting that kind of expectation as a little unrealistic because, you know, a lot of times, you know, during that time is when there'll be something will come up with an order right. or something will come up with production or a customer. And you can't just be like, oh, no, 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 I'm on family time right now. Right. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine? You know, yeah. But like, I, I just, like, I, I think that by real recognizing, like, when I am doing something with one of my sons, you know, to, to like appreciate the, that moment and, and be present and or for playing, watching a movie as a family or for when we're eating dinner. It's like just finding those times when to just make sure that you are present and you're like participating in the moment so that, you know, the other 700,000 moments of the day, when you're not, <laughs> you're, you know. 
Are your kids, like, are they part of, like, the uh, tasting committee for Nixie? Like, do they have say in the different flavors? And, like, what are the different flavors? I think one of the things, like, we've always trained our kids to be, like, brutally honest about their opinions when it comes to, like, our food. Because it doesn't do us any good for them to say, oh, I love it, but then never eat it or drink it. Right. It's interesting, though, because it, like, carries over to other things, too. Like, they'll, you know, like, we'll be eating something else. And they'll be like, you know, this would taste better if it had just a little bit more cinnamon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we really, I mean, first of all, like, demographically speaking, it's nice to, to have more, you know, we don't get outside opinions. So we basically rely on our, our team, their families, us, our family, you know, right. everyone's giving their opinions. We always do blind taste tests okay. because, you know, People can be very skewed by kind of what the, the whatever they bring into a taste test. So when we're testing new things, you know, we hide the flavors, hide the labels. Um, so nobody really knows, um, you know, what it is that they're, that they're trying and they're comparing. But yeah, always been a big part of it. How many flavors do you have now? We have seven. We actually launched with seven. Okay. Because, you know, we were, we weren't sh- like there was, we have two lines. We have like a tea and botanical line, which is where we take and combine multiple flavors to create something. Like we have watermelon mint, lime ginger, uh, peach black tea, and a pomegranate green tea. And two of them actually, the two tea flavors have caffeine as well, a little okay. bit of caffeine. And then we have a classic line, which is just like classic flavors. So lime, lemon, grapefruit, um, where it's very simple, very straightforward, where we really tried to make it have like a clean, very pure fruit flavor. And kind of in doing that, you know, we see as we like build out each of these lines, you know, one, you know, we're trying to combine interesting things to create, but to create very approachable flavors. Like, you know, we like all of our flavors to be something you can drink regularly. Like we don't want it to be like kind of an un- so unusual that you maybe would have it once in a great while. That's sort of what we task ourselves with when we create a new flavor. Is it, you know, is it something that you know, could become a regular rotation item in someone's home. And then are there um, some that are like bestsellers or? Our two bestsellers are the lime ginger, which is my personal favorite, and the watermelon, which is everyone else in my family's personal I love the wa- I, So I loved the watermelon. I mean, they were all great, but I love the watermelon. My two favorites are the pomegranate green tea, which is actually what I'm drinking right now, and the water and the, the lime ginger. Those are my two favorites. But I drink them all, of course, because... You know, you have to drink your own products all the time. Yeah, no, of course, a hundred percent. What are your sort of like visions for twenty twenty one? Like, what are you? What vibes are you feeling? And as far as your brand and just in general. Well, I mean, you know, I just, I just want to be able to see people again. I you know. know, it's like I just, um, you know, I really want to be able to bring our team back together. You know, we are in a little bit of an interesting spot because we do have to go to factories and things like that, right. you know, where people have to, but you know, the, our team members that don't need to be together are working from home. And I think that just on a personal note, you know, I really want to, I want, I want people to be able to see each other again. And I want to be able to see people again. And, you know, for our brand, you know, I think when it comes to food and beverages in general, you know, shared eating and drinking occasions are such an important part of like who we are as humans. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, obviously you can drink sparkling water alone. It's not like you have right. to be with other people, but, you know, certainly the occasions where you are eating and drinking with other people are so much more fun. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking forward to being able to get our brand back into, you know, just being part of events again. And, right. And like uh, meeting your you know, customers even, in person. And yes, like I just so badly want to do that. I want to be able to be out in the field and sponsoring events. And I miss that. And I really, 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 really want that. And I, I don't think it's going to happen right away, but I'm definitely hopeful that at some point in 2021, you know, we can start doing a little bit more of that. I think it's going to happen for sure. Like, like maybe even this summer. I mean, I think that it, it, I'm hoping that I don't think it'll be, you know, we're not going to have normal summer. No. But I am hoping that this summer that we can at least have some of these small gatherings and start to feel a little bit like the light at the end of the tunnel is getting bigger, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, you know, I'd love to see my son be able to, like, go to college. and Yeah. Well, is he not going to go? Is he not? No, no, he, they're in person now. At yeah, that's what so. they were in person all along. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. 
So I'm hoping, but they do hoping that not a hundred percent in person right, right now. There's a lot of restrictions and a lot of classes are still online. So I would love to see them be in, even if there's restrictions and other protections in place, hopefully they can be at least completely in person, which would be great. I think it will happen. I, when you come back, you're not in Boston though. You're in Chatham, but you drive back and forth. Chatham, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do love it. I mean, the, the Cape, and I have to say like the Cape, I'm impressed with the, the way, you know, because the, the Cape wasn't really set up to be able to like do things remotely as well because, no. yeah. you know, like food delivery, that kind of stuff, it, you know, I, I think, but in helping the elderly, because there's so many elderly people on the Cape, I have to say, I think that, you know, I'm pretty proud of our community. That's <laughs> like good. Kind of adapting and supporting people who didn't have as much access to online help and I mean, obviously the Bay Area was already set up to do that pretty well. Yeah, this has been so awesome. Well, I felt so excited about this conversation because just everything that you talk about and do, I mean, I think also because of my little hiatus, yeah. you know, it's just such an important part of, I don't know, first of all, like, because, you, you know, to be able to do anything that you need to do, whether it's be an entrepreneur or whatever it is, like, you know, caring about your health and wellness allows you to do it a thousand times better. Yeah, You know, like if you think that skipping that walk you want to take or skipping that workout or that meditation or that yoga class because you don't have time is going to make you do whatever you skipped it to do better. It's definitely not. <laughs> no, I mean, I, that was like, that is the entire concept of like where this po podcast came from because when I was doing my business, I've always worked out. And like, if I don't work out, everybody suffers. Like everybody in my day and anything I do. So, I mean, and I've, every single person I've worked with, any business that has been successful that I know, the founders have always been into some kind of like yoga, fitness, training, whatever. It's like so true. I yeah. think it's also really important too. Like I've tried to communicate that to my team too, that like, you know, take, like, first of all, take time for your own like health and wellness and your own mental health too, honestly, you know, it's like, it's all connected. And that it's okay just to, to, to make that a priority. Yeah. You know, I, like, I think that like their health and wellness and their mental health and wellness is a priority and changing like the conversation around that so that, you know, it's not, you know, like I need to go running before I can have this meeting or I need to, you know, I just like those kind of conversations are, I think should be kind of an accepted part of, you know, a workplace dialogue. Yeah, I actually, you know, you bring that up and I just interviewed Norma Kamali and one of the things that she does for her company and all of her employees is she has them, she pays them half an hour every day and what they do is they, they are, they can meditate, she encourages them to meditate, but it's not like she's saying, take a half hour off and I'm not paying you for this half hour. It's like she's encouraging them to take a half hour on her time because she believes how important wellness is to the mission, the bigger mission of a company. I, I think that that is going to be, I think, a big thing with companies moving forward is their employees' health and their health in general. And I think it's like a great kind of – I thought that was a great idea. I mean, I had not well, heard of that. Yeah. Is really what's interesting to me about that is by doing that, even though it's only a half an hour, like I don't think it's as much about that half an hour as what doing that the message that that sends to yes. your team. Yeah, because like th by doing that, that the message that you're sending to the team is that like, like your health is a priority for this company, you know. And right. I think because I notice like when I've like, you know, when people have joined our team from like bigger companies or other environments, you know, they feel uncomfortable talking about that kind of stuff or saying, you know, hey, I just need to take a couple hours and, you know, or I, you know, I need to, or I'm, you know, I need to take this time off because I'm planning to run in this thing or I don't know, there's like a little bit of like, they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to, you know, they feel like it's not an important reason to, to not work. Right. And so I think by having a, a program like that or having a, a company policy like that, you're basically setting the tone that, no, it is important. It's like, it's, we want you to be successful for yourself so that you can show up for work right. and do right. what you love. <laughs>
Yeah, no, I think that's such an interesting thing. I mean, because we've done, like, we have other things, like, we're a results-oriented workplace, so you can take whatever, like, we don't track vacation time. Right. So you can take however much time you want off or any days or, you know, whatever you want. You know, we just expect people to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I I mean, first of all, I could never work at a company that didn't have that policy because I feel like, you know, we're, like, you know, we're all, like, professionals we all want to get the job done and you should also be able to like accommodate your life in a job right like and everybody needs and I how does that how did that work for you in terms of people like taking maybe a lot of vacation versus do people sort of like find their own boundaries and or do they do they take advantage of it or not really yeah I mean I think we've only ever like because we did it at late July too and I mean we I think we've only ever had one person in the history of our you know but I mean that it took advantage of it a little bit but to be honest like you know they were having issues in other ways too you know that that was not you know that was not the problem and you know usually it's you know because as a small team you know everybody is so important right um and all anybody cares about is that the other people are kind of getting the job done. Right. You know, they don't care. If, when, how, yeah. Yeah, they don't care if they had to take, you know, three days off to bring their father somewhere or, you know, that's not important. Right. You know, that's like and, an old school I, mentality. I think it's like what we grew up with, but it's definitely, well, yeah. And it's one of the reasons, like, you know, th- like that was one of the things that like watching my father, you know, run k Chips and, you know, he missed a lot of my life. He was on the yeah. road all the time. He was always, you know, going to things in person that, that I think, you know, he thought was important, but the, the end result was, you know, he missed a lot of my childhood and I made the decision with my company that I didn't want that. You know, I wasn't going to prioritize, like it was going to, you know, unless obviously I absolutely, I mean, there have been things I've had to miss, of course, not this year, <laughs> but you know, throughout my kids' lives, you know, there were things I couldn't change, obviously. But, you know, I made the decision that I was going to move my schedule around to be able to be present for for different things. And I want my team to be able to do the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, and and, I mean, I remember we had one person who she struggled a little bit with that, you know, that it was okay to say that she had to miss something for one of her children. I said, it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's what you're doing. Like, tell that's totally fine like that's an important reason and you know but kind of embracing that and recognizing that it's okay and and so I love it I mean I think it's a I think it's a great way to run a company I think it makes everyone accountable for their own job and their results and if you're on a team together you know people are going to make it work like they're going to help support their teammates during a time when their teammates are unavailable because they want them to do it for them. It's all about the big picture. Well, I, I'm so happy to have had you on the podcast. This is so great. I'm such a big fan of Nixie Sparkling Water. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I love what, what you're doing with this podcast. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram, and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com, for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.